All right. Well, he is certainly one of the big names that people are jonesing to see after a couple of dropped fights this year already. But Nate Reinhardt talking to us today ahead of his fight. Doing good, man. No, thank you for uh, for taking the time having me on. Super cool, man. Of Super course. Cool. More than happy to. I, I think the first thing that I want to kick off with is kind of the narrative of 2023. In March, you had a fight dropped off the day of weigh-ins, which was super unfortunate. Luckily, able to get you back on on that April show. Same thing happens again here. You were on this September card against George Frady. Now you got to wait an extra month and head into this one. How has this year been with kind of these fights dropping off left and right whenever you think you have the opportunity to make the walk initially? Um, well, I, dude, I'm not going to lie. It's awful. It is awful. And I only, I, I think it's, even worse because um me and jackson i feel like me jackson mina and billy on we're just not justified on paper enough with like small records and so just to have to play the waiting game to be able to show um you know our full potentials as fighters is it's it's gut-wrenching man it's gut wrenching. So I mean, I I'm just, I was super grateful to be on the uh, to get on the Maverick Center card last fight. That was that was amazing. But um, cancellations are no fun, man. They're no fun. No, I I can't even imagine. And so I mean, I think what's so crazy about it is how similar this was. This last one was to the one in March, obviously a little bit more of a window to know. So you didn't have to cut weight on the day of, but kind of what was that like? What was your reaction the second time around when you found out that George was going to not going to be able to fight? Like it, I feel like at this point for me, like maybe, maybe it is for most fighters, but that, that slight possibility of having your opponent pull out is there. Uh, and it, it was it was definitely there a little bit, but just to have because it because I mean, you know, all all things pointed to, to having the fight go down, especially with it being the week of. Um, I mean, just so unfortunate, so unfortunate. But I mean, we're, you know, we're patient. We're hanging in there. We take what's given. And. Uh, yeah, we just keep taking the next win, so. I think one of the kind of silver linings amongst this is that there's certain guys who it's like they can't just jump back into camp and wait another couple of weeks. You are one who stays in shape year year round. Is that something that has been helpful to you this year specifically where you've had two fights that have had to be postponed a full month? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's something super important, especially at this level, to be able to do is um, stay consistent. Like I said, at this level, just with how um, maybe unsteady things are with the promotions, just at amateur level, level, um, it's really important to just stay fresh and be ready, be ready to compete and and, and show what we got. So, I mean, you know, nothing's changing there. Um, uh, for me, this this is the lifestyle I, I love the most, and and I want to definitely uh, keep the rest of my life. Uh, I. I definitely can't imagine myself uh sitting in a nine to five for the rest of my life so so you know when people are like ah oh, that sucks you got to stay in camp you know i to a certain degree i really don't mind it because uh, i just love it you know it's it's the passion the passion for the game so so yeah. i mean don't mind it 
Yeah, I, I mean, I got to say, I think you're one of those guys who really flies off the page in my mind as one of the guys who are just so ingrained into this world and how much like I remember before your debut, I sat and chatted with you and you were like, I, I want this to be what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I was like, wow, like, you know, you don't hear that going into the amateur debut necessarily, but you were one of the people that have been saying that from day one. And I've always thought that that was so interesting, interesting. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about April. We haven't really gotten the chance to talk, but your improvement from your first fight in May of 2022 to April, 2023. I mean, there was vast improvement in that time that you were away. And I kind of just wanted to give you a little bit of time to talk about some of your preparations and some of the things that you and Reese and Casey and everyone over there at Wasatch have been working on in terms of just upping your game and taking you to that, at that next level. Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, my debut fight was an interesting one, just navigating, you know, all the new, just a new space of competition. And so coming off of that fight, well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Like during camp was when Reese was when Reese Hall showed, showed up to the team. And um, so it was kind of his feeling out process. Cause I, uh, yeah, Jackson and I were on the same card and he's like, all right, you know, I'm just going to see what, you know, what, what these guys are doing. Um, he was definitely coaching, but, it wasn't so much of an investment as it is now for him, um, but still a great help. And so we came off of those fights and I, we're just, we're super coachable. We're super coachable. And what even adds more to that is uh, Reese and Casey being the best coaches we could ever ask for. Their wealth of knowledge is absolutely insane for this game. And so when I came off of the first fight, you know, it was a wild one. I was real hyper in a sense, just throwing whatever came to my brain to throw. And so coming off of that fight, I, you know, again, like I said, I, I love to be coachable and take and use what works. And that's the best thing recent Casey offer is they gave me everything that needed to enable me to to double and and just multiply my skills going into the second fight and that's what happened is i just i listened to them you know i i i don't i don't think i'm that stubborn of a of a of a student to this and so i just i listened and we just trained to what i needed to implement and and that's what i showed in the next one for sure so i, I was Real happy about that. But I mean, I, I owe it all to, to Reese and Casey and just being able to listen to them. So it, it was a real nice uh, improvement or evidence of improvement. I mean, it was all out there on the table. I mean, you looked almost and, and as good as you looked in the debut. I mean, you look like a completely brand new fighter in there, that second walk. And it was so impressive. We were like, is this the same Nate Reinhardt from 11 months ago? I mean, you looked so impressive. And I kind of wanted to continue to talk a little bit about that. And, and you talked about kind of being in a new space and talking about new spaces, going from, you know, a high school in Orem, in Orem, Utah, to the Maverick Center in Salt Lake City. And not only that, but you're standing opposite a kid in Dustin Larson, who was his head corner man, who was Chris Curtis, who's a UFC middleweight. I mean, did that like starstruck you a little bit? Was that like odd? Like, was it weird being in a big arena or anything like that? Or how did you kind of compartmentalize all of that going into the fight and still have an incredible performance? 
No, I just, I, I just soaked it all in, you know, I, I take it for what it is. And it was the coolest thing to, to be in a big old arena. Um, and, and when I saw that, cause I initially saw when we were signing in, Chris Curtis is there, you know, chatting with everyone. I was like, Oh, Chris Curtis is here, dude. That's so cool. And I get to the locker rooms and, uh, we're just getting ready right up to it. Reese is like, Hey, did you see Chris is, uh, Dustin's quarterman. I was like, I thought he was just here to just chill and watch the fights. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to be cornering my opponents. I was like, all right, cool. This is cool. Man. I mean, you know, let's throw me in. Well, you know, let's see what happens. And so I just thought it was all cool. It was cool. I, I was super grateful, you know, for the opportunity to jump off of that, you know, being an 0-1 amateur at the time. But um, I do specifically remember seeing Chris multiple times during the rounds when I was in there because I feel like at least for most of the time, we were on the ground in his corner. And uh, I do remember seeing Chris a lot and hearing Chris. So it was, it was just interesting. And I kind of wanted to ask you did, you, did you talk to him at all after the fight or anything, just shake his hand? Or did you get the chance to hear anything from his side of, from his side of the corner at all? Uh, Chris, I, I didn't get the chance to talk to at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did talk to Dustin. He was, he's awesome. Super cool. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't get the chance to uh, talk to Chris at all. I think one of the big changes from fight one to fight two, and we're going to talk about fight three in just a few moments, but the big difference that, that we at least noticed was that, I mean, you went from relatively a striking match to you dominated all of the wrestling exchanges, 78% control time throughout that second fight. Uh, for the duration of it I, is that something like that you were talking about with Reese and Casey was that something that you really really honed in on during that 11 month layoff um, from May of last year to April yeah absolutely um, in, in the first fight I think the reason why the judges gave it to Pedro at the time was just because of loss of control time I think Pedro just had a little bit more grappling moments um that kind of gave it the edge on for, for that decision. And so, I mean, when Reese saw that Reese being the, you know, crazy black belt that he is, you know, he's like, all right, we got to change that. So absolutely. Yeah. That, that was definitely a, definitely the main area of focus. Well, you absolutely passed that test with flying colors. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about the entire team because it seems like you're all kind of on this incredible rise right now. I mean, what are your thoughts on this team and the heights that they are reaching? Because it seems like it it's kind of seems like all of you are kind of new onto the scene, but all of you are dominant and at the top of the rankings of every which division and kind of knocking on the door of title contention in each of these divisions. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's it's real hard to express to people how solid of a team we are. You know, we're not many members. You know, it's just a handful of us. But, I mean, the, everyone everyone is just so good, so skilled, talented, and like I said, so coachable. And so I think that's that that's why we're we're making our runs um, is due to that and. Um, you know, with, with my small, I, I feel like of the group, I just have like the lowest record on paper, but um, it, it is the best mix to be in of Billy and Mina and Jackson and, you know, 
pair that with Casey and Reese, it, it's a perfect mix for a team. And, um, yeah, we just want to show the fruits, show the evidence, and uh, take it one win at a time. But, it, yeah, they're incredible teammates, great coaches. I mean, I don't know if we could ask for a better group and mix of people right now to, to improve and get better. I, I kind of wanted to ask you, it seems like it's kind of a newer group, right? I mean, Reese hasn't been there for forever, right? He's only been there for a little bit over a year, I would say, at this point. I mean, Viliami's only been fighting a couple of years. Mina, the same thing. You and Jackson are newer on the scene as well. When did that fight team kind of come to be? And were you a part of that initial group that kind of decided that you were going to start taking fights? No, it's, I mean, it has been a real fast, uh, you know, combination of certain things when i showed up i think it was october of 2021 and uh everything was still you know everyone was still going um i was definitely the newer guy at the time but it everything happened so fast to um some changes of management at the gym and then um casey and i really started to take the reins on head coaching and and helped us out a ton and that was when, you know, certain people like me, Billy and Jackson and Mina, especially, we started to, you know, express our wants to, to fight competitively, fight for real. And, and then we just started training together. And then, like I said, Casey was giving us the best that he could. And we were just getting better from there. And then Reese shows up and he was kind of the missing link in, in our team as far as uh, grappling and, and jujitsu, especially MMA style grappling goes and yeah happened real fast and it's just been perfect fits all around all right guys before we keep going we got to talk a little bit about our podcast sponsor water and wellness now you've heard us talk about water and wellness before but i gotta tell you this is the best water I have ever had in my entire life. Alkaline filtered, some of the tastiest stuff you'll ever have. I crave it like it's a cheap meal in itself, but it is so good for you. And they're stationed right here in Salt Lake City. So go ahead, head over to Water and Wellness for the best water you have ever had in your life. Change your water, change your life. Let's get back to the podcast. I am very curious. I mean, you and Jackson, two of the top bantamweights. Is there any opportunity that maybe you go up a weight class, he goes down, or or some combination of that in order to avoid fighting each other? Kind of a Aljamain Sterling Mirabduavishvili situation, right? I mean, two top bantamweights in the same gym who seem to be very close. I mean, how do you combat that, and have you discussed that at all? Um, I mean, we definitely haven't discussed it, only because I feel like our greater priority is is just to to stack wins to stack wins and more importantly, stack performances and, and show our skills um, more importantly than, than rankings or, or contention or titles for sure, especially at this level. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, Jackson's the same thing, like for, for each other, we, it's definitely the, the cliche saying of iron sharpens iron. Um, and, and it's been great, but, like I said, the, I think the priority is is stacking wins, stacking performances. Because um, if, if it comes to a situation where one of us has a title, the other is a contender, um, I don't think it's that big of a concern. Um, I think we floated a joke where, like, we would only fight each other if it was a 
if it was a big old payday <laughs> or, you know, same, you know, Marab Aljamain situation where it's like, you know, you're almost fighting a mirror, you know? So. No, it, it certainly is something that, that is probably down the line still a little bit too. And so something not to worry about right now, considering the, the, uh, the forecast of the team. One of the big things that this podcast is all about is also just kind of getting to know the fighter and how they came to be a fighter. Obviously, everyone has a story. And I'm curious, I've never asked you this. How did you get into training? What inspired you to want to start training? And what then subsequently made you go, oh, I want to compete and I actually want to fight? Yeah, I feel like I feel like my path is uh, maybe not unique, maybe a little odd. Um, so, so I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, St. Augustine, more specifically. And um, growing up, I was the biggest golfer. Man, I did obsessed with golf. I played middle school golf. I played high school golf. Uh, tournaments everywhere. I was obsessed with it, man. I wanted I wanted to be a PGA Tour player. I wanted to be a professional golfer for the longest time. Um, and I also, at the same time, I either wanted to play on the PGA Tour or <laughs> or I wanted to join the military. The, those were the two options, or at least in my head growing up. Uh, those were my aspirations. And so... Around like 2017, I was probably 17, 16, 17 years old. Um, a good family friend of mine who was a huge wrestler, um, his dad was a brown or black belt in uh, BJJ at the time. And uh, I started to realize that maybe I wasn't going to be good enough to play on the PGA Tour. <laughs> and... and um, I just, I kind of made the 180 turn of being like, okay, like golf's amazing. I still love it. Still to this day, I freaking love it, dude. And I just kind of made the 180 turn of like, why don't, why don't I do something extreme? Like, I like, I want to do the most like rigorous, hardest training and sport possible. And I don't know why it was just intriguing. And so I asked uh, my friend's dad, um, cause he liked MMA and all that too. I asked him to just train me in boxing, like just in his garage. I was like, I'll come over every night. Like, can you just train me in boxing? He was like, yeah, yeah, he's all over. It. And at the time he was like, he was like, well, let me train you in jujitsu and, and kickboxing and stuff too. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just want to do boxing. I don't want to do all the weird uh, karate stuff. <laughs> and so I just trained boxing for a long time, just boxing. All, all the way up until probably 2020. So like three or four years, I just boxed in his garage. I was at a boxing gym in, in Jacksonville too, floating around there. Um, and then I served a two-year mission for the church and then came back. Um, I moved to Orlando, Florida, and there was an American top team, the East Orlando um, gym, not the HQ in Coconut Creek, but the smaller one in East Orlando. And um, I kept hearing a bunch of rave about jujitsu and I was getting kind of intrigued with uh, the UFC at the time. I was like, MMA is kind of a little more, uh, a little more 
wide versed in uh combatives and and stuff so i was getting intrigued and i just popped in there bought a gi and and i was like you're, t- you're telling me i can hit people in the face while i while i do this and they were like yeah yeah i just train mma just train everything i was like boom i'm sold that's it and then just got addicted stuck with it and um yeah then i moved up here and because I only had a little bit of jujitsu when I came up here, just from American top team. Um, and when I first moved up here, up here to uh, Provo Orem area, I was like, man, I wonder what, if there's even any MMA gyms here. I found Wasatch, came in, met Casey. I just stayed. And that was like end of 2021. So that is absolutely insane what a story i do have to ask you reese originally from florida did you guys have you guys ever talked about this and the fact that you guys never crossed paths or anything like that yeah it was really weird because when he first showed up he was there for a while like a few months and um okay maybe not a few months but one day i was wearing like a florida shirt he's like he's like oh you're wearing a florida shirt i'm like yeah i'm from uh jacksonville i'm from saint augustine in Jacksonville. He's like, I'm from St. Augustine too. I was like, Oh, no way. It was just weird. Like the, it's not a random city in Florida, but you know, it was super random that we're, uh, that we had both lived in St. Augustine. That is absolutely incredible. Have you kept in contact with those people over in Florida? Do they know what you're doing now and that you're competing in amateur MMA and, and really rising the ranks and had a dominant performance earlier this year? No, they have no idea. I didn't really establish too good of roots in the gym only because uh, American top team, they're, you know, probably top three, you know, franchise gyms in the world. And so their East Orlando gym was, you know, kind of the same way. Like there were killers in there, you know, the coaches were focused on the top fighters and, you know, I I don't want to say it was like cookie cutter training, but it just felt a little more franchise. And so, I was just there to really learn jujitsu at the time. And I didn't even really tell people I boxed like I was because they wanted jujitsu, dude, you, you might as well be nothing. Anything else you train doesn't really matter. So no, I just, I just kept to myself, just learned a little bit. I was only there for maybe year, year and a half, but the head coach there, Jason Patino, who's a real top tier guy too. I mean, man, he probably does. He, he has no idea. Was it, you talked about American top team being obviously one of the top franchise gyms in the entire world. And was there any, like, did it ever feel like you were just in this ocean full of, full of absolute animals, just like absolute high level guys. And it just felt like you could never really get your footing or was there anything like that throughout your time there? Uh, yes. And no, um, I only say yes, because the, the group of fighters there were, really good, real talented, you know, of course they got most of the training only because, you know, they're the ones that have the momentum going, but um, at the same time, no, because the, the coaching staff there is incredible. Like American top team knows they know what they're doing. So like, even for day ones, like you're getting, you're getting great coaching and great work. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good place. Was there a, a fighter or a specific fight that like inspired you in any way, or was it really just those early on private boxing lessons with your friend or with your friend's dad? I should say. I feel like, like a lot of people my age, 
and maybe younger, you know, it was, it was the Connor era. When I first started training 2016, you know, that was the Connor era. And so seeing Connor and everything that he was doing at the time and, you know, it was just so impressive and, it, you know, pretty jaw dropping. So I would credit to a lot of my hype for the sport to come from watching Connor back in the day. Um, but I mean, over that, it was just having it become my top, you know, passion and thing I wanted to do, no matter where I was, you know, at work, I just wanted to train. I just want to go to the gym and train. If I was at school, I just wanted to go to the gym and train. If I was at home, I just wanted to go to the gym and train. Like, so it just, it just be, really became a passion, you know, pair that with, you know, watching Connor and, you know, some of the top guys, you know, have all those highlight reels and everything going on with the UFC, you know, yeah. the good mix. Were you like that with uh, golf as well? Just constantly wanting to train? Uh, oh, golf even more. If, if anyone's a golfer out there, you know, that's probably the most addicting hobby in game. Nate, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, man. Of course, dude. No, thank you.